0: Welcome to season six, episode six of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Paul, Katie, and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places, and cultures.
1: Welcome to the Family Travel Podcast, where we share the latest in RV, industry news, road trip, travel, caravanning, camping, product reviews, where to go, what to do, and so much more. Thanks for joining us again.
0: Yes, indeed. This week, we hit the road, baby. Yep, we're back, and we spend the week on the world's largest sand island, Fraser Island, at over 123 kilometers long and boasting over 100 freshwater lakes. This week's episode is part one of a two-part series on this spectacular island paradise. Plus, we're going to be talking 4x4 basic gear that you'll need if you're heading over to Fraser Island, mm-hmm. plus a sand driving masterclass from our good friend Tony at 4x4 Treks Australia. What an episode we have for you this oh, week. Oh,
1: my goodness. And Fraser Island, I mean, we loved it so much. We honestly did not want to leave. One week is not enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Look, the perfect dream result would be there, I think, for two weeks. If you could be there for two weeks outside of school holidays, Mm -hmm. amazing.
1: And make it a regular if you can, you know. I loved that. We met so many people on the island who told us we've been coming here for years. I mean, we met I met some pretty cool old dudes at Eli Creek when we were hanging out there, and they said to me, Sweetheart, we've been coming over here for 50 years. I was like, that is awesome. We know the island like the back of our hand.
0: I guess two questions pop in my mind is uh, what constitutes old? (laughs) Well. (laughs) And were, were they calling you Sweetheart? What oh, haven't heard. that's Australian in it? G'day, oh, I sweetheart. I
1: know, I know. They were they were good guys, actually. I'll keep and they my actually, eye on these blokes. They gave me some local intel on Eli <laughs> Creek, which we'll share in next week's episode.
0: All right, yes, this week we're going to stick to the west coast. Uh, that I guess from the island, you are looking back towards the Big Island, and we're going to also visit probably the jewel in the crown of Fraser, arguably, and that is Mackenzie or Lake Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. Next week, we'll cover off Central Station, Pile Valley and, of course, that incredible East
1: Coast. Oh, that is so full of treasures. It is remarkable mm. how much this island has to offer when it comes to natural beauty, I had no idea. Mm. You know, you, you hear of the, you know, the Lake Mackenzie's, but then when you're there and you're discovering, there is so much more to Fraser Island than what you would initially think.
0: It is as spectacular as the pictures and the footage that you would see online. It is truly Remarkable. Yeah, an incredible, an incredible asset for Australians to enjoy. All right, let's start with how did we get there? We actually jumped on a ferry from a little place close to Harvey Bay in southeast Queensland called River Heads.
1: I have to say, on that point, to have something as spectacular as Fraser Island that is located so close to the mainland and is so easily accessible for anybody to get over there mm. is incredible. Truly is. Yes. Okay, so we did. We drove. We were actually hanging out at our home base in Pune. so it was quite a short drive for us over to Riverheads where we boarded the ferry, and it's a really great system there. In fact, I believe they run those ferry services On demand. So, of course, in peak season, they run a lot more of those crossings every day and then in low season. And the
0: price goes up a little bit too, as you'd expect.
1: Yeah, look, it does, but it's really a very easy journey. I think it's about 30 or 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. You can, of course, take your vehicle over. You can, of course, tow something over with you if it is suitable. To do that. And you can walk on the ferry as a passenger without any vehicle, particularly Mm -hmm. from River Heads because it pulls up right at Kingfisher Bay Resort.
0: It it is very easy. I have to say as far as all the the ferry journeys that we've done, towing and not towing vehicle, very, very straightforward, very simple, very friendly. Uh, Look, the price point for a turn – Just to take a standard vehicle four-wheel drive is $195 return Mm. off peak and then that goes up from there. But be prepared to spend that much money. And at that price price point, I think it's important to realise that if you're going to spend that, then you should be staying for at least a week.
1: Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if you're taking a vehicle over, like what we did, there is so much of the island to explore and you can – get over to the other side of the island and drive on those inland tracks and be real adventurers as well. So you want to make the most of that and have as much time as you can. The ferry is also a really great introduction to... The island vibe as well, you know. Yeah. You could get on there and easily just
0: <sighs> exhale. <laughs> yes. It should be, that actually is a good point. That should be what that journey should be called. Exhale. Mm,
1: it is, it is great. And of course, yeah. you've got, you know, beautiful water views. There is a licensed bar little cafe area mm-hmm. up on the top deck so you can get yourself a beverage we grabbed a cup of tea we cup we tea headed face. over um mid-afternoon so had a cup of tea and a bag of chippies <laughs> and uh it was fantastic you're free to roam around as well so in fact on the way back over when we were coming back to the mainland sadly mm. we just sat in our vehicle because it was the time of day oh, and we were sunset. just having a chill see it was lovely yeah so you've got freedom while you are on that ferry and then of course it pulled Up right at Kingfisher Bay Resort, which is, of course, located on that western side of the island along that great sandy straits. Incredible environment!
0: Amazing. And a good tip here is that as far as your tire pressures for sand driving and exploring the island, do not worry about doing that until you are actually about to hit the sand. So leave your tyres at your your full bitumen PSI, whatever that is, anything from 36 PSI to 50 PSI, depending on your vehicles and the vehicle load, and then, yeah, head off. And then if you are heading straight onto the sand, there's an area for you to pull over and deflate your tyres and and work out your gear. We went straight to the resort. We checked in for three fabulous nights.
1: Mm, It was so nice, actually. I mean... (sighs) Of course, it'd be awesome to go over and camp, but it was a mm. little bit of a spoil for us to be able to go over and have three nights here at Kingfisher. Mm. And then, in fact, we headed over to the other side of the island to the Kigari Beach Resort over at Yurong. Next week. Yes, we'll tell you all about that as well. So, it was really lovely to do that. And the resort is amazing, really. Mm. it's It's been there a long time, but it's been a leader for ecotourism and it really shines in that it was built to sit within the environment and not mm. impact that incredible natural environment that it's built within uh, and so even as you're walking through the resort y- you're in the environment which I love as well and the way that they've mm. designed it is really to immerse its visitors into what is so amazing about Fraser Island.
0: It looks as though they're just on the end of completing uh, a fairly extensive refurbishment. Mm. So I felt that it was like world-class. I know that sounds like a big call for a bit of an island resort like this. It was fantastic. I think that entry point when you come down and you just see this cascading wooden staircase to these... I don't know, it'd have to be 30, 40-foot tiered glass windows that, again, invite that environment and landscape into those sitting areas mm-hmm. is quite spectacular.
1: It is. It's really fantastic. And they have a range of different accommodation options as well. So we stayed in one of their hotel rooms, which, again, wasn't like staying in a normal hotel, you know, you walk through. through an outside boardwalk to -hmm. actually get to your hotel room, which was more like I guess, an apartment style. Um, We were upper level, so we were almost like in a loft kind of environment, which I loved as well. They do have two- and three-bedroom villas as well, and they also have a series of, like, beach houses. So, depending on who you were coming over with or or what occasion it was, Mm. it would be a brilliant place to come and base yourself. You could be there for a week or more. Enjoy the island, but then also enjoy just being at the resort.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we obviously self-drive, but to be able to come over as a pedestrian and and then just literally just flop at the resort. Flop,
1: exactly. You took that out of my mind.
0: It's set up so you don't really ever have to leave, and it's very safe. As far as the dingo education goes, I mean, there is a – I think it's a Mm five-kilometre perimeter fence around the resort. Yes. That – Uh, safeguards I guess the dingoes into their environment and you into yours Uh, but there is also a number of different tours that you can do whether it's half day full day head over to the other side of the island Mm -hmm. for a couple of nights there's pretty well tiered versions of tour options that you could do as little or as much as you like. The other thing that I I think stands out for this resort as far as an eco resort um, leader is that they have seven dedicated ranges within their team. Um, This is amazing. So they offer a number of free education Mm -hmm. sessions, including night tours for wildlife spotting, Mm -hmm. which we really enjoyed. We'll get to that. And a really fantastic 30-minute dingo education presentation and it was so well presented it Mm. wasn't like a lecture it was a really an informative discussion and then Q&A and a great slideshow that went with it as well that we all got something out of.
1: Yeah it was really good and of course the rangers are super passionate living and working in this environment Mm. so just great add-ons that you can take part in if you wish while you're at the resort and then of course I mean they've got All of the things that you would expect with a stay like this. They've got wonderful restaurants. I mean, the Sand and Wood Restaurant serves up incredible food. We enjoyed buffet breakfasts every morning. We went for dinner every night. We overindulged.
0: Katie absolutely raved about her dinner, didn't you?
1: (laughs) Yes, I had some very good dinners. And in fact, I'm going to give you a tip whether you like Brussels sprouts or not, you do need to trust us and order them off the starter menu mm. because they are cooked in a hot pan of butter with chilli and garlic and drizzled, I think, with soy. They were amazing. And uh, they're making me salivate just uh, thinking about them.
0: I'm not a fan and I was like, wow. Mm. The, you, you're right. You could just order those.
1: Yes, in fact, I would next time we go back. I would just have those for dinner. Anyway, we digress. There's also another uh, more like a surf club style yeah. restaurant called The Sand Bar, and that also has lagoon-style pools right at the Sandbar restaurant, as does the Sand and Wood with the beautiful mm. main pool area.
0: I think the difference is is that the Sand Bar, it's closer to the Jetty and it also welcomes day visitors. So mm. you don't have to be a hotel guest. Whereas Sand and Wood is I think designated for hotel guests. Yes, that's only. a good
1: point. And then there's also the lovely little sunset bar, which is built right at the end mm. of the jetty where the ferry actually pulls up. And of course, as the name suggests, you can sit and have a beverage and watch that beautiful sunset as we did. And mm. again, even if you're coming over for a day visit, you can make use of that awesome facility.
0: All right, last few things to know about the resort area is that there's multiple tennis courts.
1: Yes. It's
0: very cool. There is the Island Day Spa. Mm,
1: That's on my list for next time.
0: Yeah, we didn't get to do that. Well,
1: we were so busy getting out and exploring the island, you know, we kind of, "Mm, do we have time to actually stop and have a massage? Let's get out there. Let's hit the tracks.
0: Yeah, look, you you won't take your credit card because (laughs) you you could get caught up in the the day spa experiences. Uh, And then there's also a very good... Uh, I guess, village store. It is, you know how you talk about a convenience store? This is the most convenient, convenience store for an island that we've ever seen.
1: Oh, for sure. Just about anything that you could ever think of or want or need during mm-hmm. your stay is stocked here and you can also fill up with fuel. There is a great car wash. So, you know, you can mm-hmm. come off the sand tracks or off the beach on this side of the island wash all of that off it's your car so straight away. so important to
0: get that salt water particularly off the uh, the undercarriage and, yeah. and the wheelbase and the engine and the diff. Uh, and we would recommend that, I think it was like $10.30 for this underbody spray, yep. uh, which they're only actually about to install on the west side, on the east side of the island. They've already installed yeah. one. Uh, but anyway, we can get to that next week. But that mm. is – It's worth the money to do, I think, every time you come off the beach just to protect your expensive vehicle.
1: Yeah, I think so. Mm. And a bit of fun, especially if you've got little people in the car. (laughs) So everything that you really could wish for is here at Kingfisher. It doesn't feel like you're at a full touristy Resort, You know, it very mm. much is focused on that eco-environment with the boardwalks that go throughout the wetlands as well.
0: There's so many um, seating areas mm. in and outdoors. Like, it doesn't matter what the weather's doing, you could find your own little nook to just unplug and, you know, listen to your favourite podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> yes. All right. Now let's get onto the action we're going to be heading to lake mckenzie a quick bit of information though on the 4x4 gear that we would recommend that you have at a minimum Mm -hmm. okay uh now coming to fraser island you wouldn't actually need to have yourself your own mini compressor if you're doing any sort of outback adventure or you know like us looking to be full-time we would definitely recommend that you look at a, a compressor that you can carry in your car, hook onto your battery, and then deflate, in, um, re inflate your tyres when need be. Because regularly, like, Once every week, if not once every two weeks, you are dropping the tyre pressures depending on the terrain and the environment that you are exploring.
1: Yeah, that's a really good tip. I mean, we we utilise that compressor so much when we were travelling through places like the Northern Territory, Western Australia, Mm -hmm. even outback Queensland. You you really realise how often you need access to it. It just makes
0: it a a safer, more secure, more comfortable ride when you're able to adjust those pressures once you know what you're doing too and a little bit of trial and error, you know. um, Trial and error. Error, thank you, yeah. Uh, Watch a lot of YouTube shows. That's pretty well how we've learned. Ask the locals is is a really great tip as well. Mm. But for Fraser Island, there are a number of uh, air compressors that are public use so you wouldn't have to have an air compressor if you were just going there for a few days or a week.
1: Yes, unless of course you're there in peak because I imagine it would be super duper busy. So if you're not one to wait, it's probably a good idea to have one yourself.
0: Great point. Okay, other things that would be necessary is your basic recovery gear. So a snatch trap that is rated up to, I think at least, you know, I think they regularly are a 6 tonne to 15 tonne, um, a couple of D shackles. Look, max tracks. Is an incredible product mm. and a really great story. If you want to Google Max Tracks Australia and how this company even started, but having some Max Tracks is a great idea. If you can, we've only got two. Mm. They are an expensive. Well, at the moment, yeah. we, we
1: do need to get ourselves some more. I'm
0: sure we will. They're an expensive piece of kit, um, but I would um, dare say when you need them, they're not expensive. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> but uh, you can get yourself four of those. Uh, they also have some other amazing in, inventive uh, recovery solutions that have just come to market. So really Google those guys, Maxtrax. They're, they're quite amazing. Um, they also have a, a product called Indeflate, mm. uh, which we're yet to, to test out. Uh, but you do want to have a tyre pressure gauge and a way to deflate your tyres and really check those pressures And it's a good idea to have a backup solution there because we've got a digital tyre pressure gauge, but if those batteries go flat, then it's good to have one that's maybe just able to be read the needle through the actual pressure of the air on the tyre.
1: so, like an analogue version, is that what it's called? That would be the best way to put old it. Old yeah. school. Look out. Yeah. And if you don't have anything to actually deflate your tyres, you can do what we have done in the past when we've been in Kakadu or Litchfield and grab yourself a good old stick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Kakadu stick. We yes. had so many comments. What was that tool you were using? We we're like,
1: it's a stick. It's a
0: Kakadu stick. Could I be a sell them good on brand. the website. <laughs> Get your Kakadu <laughs> stick now. Uh, The last thing would be a shovel and we've only got a a short-handled shovel. Mm -hmm. Ideally, you'd have a long-handled shovel so that you can get really underneath the vehicle. The bottom line is that on Fraser Island, even if you're there in low season, midweek, like we were, it's incredibly quiet. Someone's still going to pass you probably every five to 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, for sure. You wouldn't be stuck for too long. No. If you couldn't get yourself out.
0: Exactly. And look, I think I might've already mentioned it, but the etiquette is to actually have your own gear, even some gear, Mm. because, uh, yeah, you want to be able to look after yourself, but also help out if necessary.
1: Mm. Yeah, really good tips, Paul. I mean never having been to Fraser Island before and certainly never having driven our own vehicle we were a little bit like "Mm, okay we're not sure what to expect particularly when we were setting off to go to Lake Mackenzie and Mm. drive on some of these inland tracks. We did pick ourselves up a great HEMA map of the island from the village store at the resort there at Kingfisher which we're actually giving away in a week's time on our YouTube episode. Anyways I'm digressing but we were a little bit like, mm, you know, how are we going to follow the map and find the tracks? What is so awesome mm. is that the tracks are so well signed that unless you are deep in a meaningful conversation like we were one particular day when we were coming back from Lake Mackenzie yeah. and completely missed reading the sign, <laughs> you really can't take a wrong turn.
0: I forgot about that. Uh it added about an hour and a half yes. to our inland adventure.
1: <laughs> oh, but we got to explore tracks that we hadn't been on, so it was amazing. We
0: almost got bogged. It was good. Yeah, it was good. There was a bit of, bit of adrenaline going through our veins.
1: Yep, yep. But really, the signage Riffer. is incredible. And every couple of kilometres, there's a sign telling you distance this way, distance that way. So you really can, you know, as long as you're focused on the road, <laughs> you really can find your way around easily.
0: Okay, we're going to, in a second, jump to the Sand Driving Masterclass from Tony. It's literally the four absolute things that you need to know if you're going to do any sand driving anywhere, and it's, it's all jam-packed into like two minutes. So that's going to come up in, this, up in a second, but let's get to the real jewel in the crown. It is Lake Mackenzie, and uh, just to quickly before I let Katie run off on, on her favourite location on the island... I dropped my tyres, the front tyres, to 18 psi and the back tyres to 20 psi. The reason why I, I leave a couple of psi higher in the back tyres is because there's a lot more load, a lot more weight in the back of the vehicle. Uh, we only used four wheel drive high, so really only high gears. Mm-hmm. If the sand was incredibly soft, like at Inskip or on some of the East Coast, you could definitely drop your, and it would be recommended to drop your tire pressure down to 12 PSI. You could go as low as 10. If you were stuck and the tide was coming in, I'd drop them down to six and do whatever you could. You could drop them as low as that. So just so you know, you you can get yourself out of trouble. But don't make the mistake of having to drop your tire pressures when you're in trouble.
1: Mm, that's such a good point. Yeah, because that would just add to the stress.
0: Oh, it, it it definitely would. And I mean, you know, if you want to Google YouTube and see some of those dramatic moments, there's plenty of them there. Yeah,
1: no thanks.
0: But you know, don't be that guy. I think is the, is the real. motto of this story.
1: Yeah, look, and another really good interesting point to make too is when we hit the island, it was after a lot of rain that has happened here on the southeast coast. So that sand, particularly in those inland tracks, was a lot more compacted and a lot Mm. harder than potentially it would be at other times of year. Just good to know.
0: That's a great point. High to summer, it would be incredibly soft. So be prepared to to drop those tire pressures a little lower. There's a 30-kilometre speed limit that is enforced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you watch our episodes, you will see the amount of times that we were interacting with police, two random breath tests. We were only there a week. Mm-hmm. So it, it's they're active and they're there to look after you and to make your experience safer yeah. uh, because, unfortunately, there are accidents on Fraser Island mm-hmm. due to people just not Not doing the right thing. Just leaving their brain back on the mainland. So, Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, don't be that guy.
0: Okay. Let's talk about this incredible perched lake, as they call it.
1: Oh, my goodness. And it is Mm. just as spectacular as the pictures that you see of it. Wow. It's hard to imagine that this little jewel can be located within – it's a sand island, for goodness sake – what is so, incre- it was so incredible about Fraser Island, and I'm digressing again because I'm really excited, is that it is a sand island where rainforest grows. So it is an, an anomaly in itself. It is it's amazing. Um, World it's Heritage listed amazing. because of how incredible this environment mm-hmm. is. And then you get to Lake Mackenzie and it is turquoise, brilliant, blue, crystal clear water that, of course, then goes out as it deepens to this almost royal blue <laughs> colour. The mm. drone footage and images that Paul captured were just spectacular. And it is a perch lake. And this is what I love. A perch lake is naturally Forming, And it was just because at some point, a very long time ago in history, there was a bit of a dip, a bit of an impression in the land yeah. and lots of leaf matter and organic matter over who knows how long, thousands of years, I suppose. I don't know how long Fraser mm. Island has been, Fraser Island, has compacted down to form what is a waterproof layer And what fills this lake, because it doesn't have a spring, there's no water access to it, is rainwater. And when you get there and you see the scope and the size and the scale of this lake and you realise, you read the signage and the information, that all of that water comes from rain, it is mind-blowing.
0: It truly is. And, I mean, we have had, I think, the wettest, you know, Biblical rain on record in Queensland for this time of year. And so it was brimming with crystal clear rainwater.
1: It's incredible. And you're Mm. on a sand island. So it is white, perfect silica sand that you walk into the water of. I mean, it is. It
0: has extra squelchy because of the silica too. It
1: truly (laughs) is amazing. Yep. I, I have no other words to describe yep. it. It truly is a phenomenon and one that you must go to if you are visiting Fraser Island.
0: What was fortunate is that I had the GoPro with a dome cover, a, a lens that it it actually locks in place. and that way it's it's known as a fifty fifty shot where you're able to have half of the dome lens in front of the GoPro in the water and half out. Mm. Uh, incredible amount of questions around this. Like, how did you get that footage?
1: Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, and it is amazing because it shows you the clarity of the water. It's hard to believe how clear it is.
0: Yeah. Stunning. So check that out on the Feel Good Family YouTube channel. Yes. Amazing.
1: Yeah. And look, there's great picnic areas there as well that are all fully fenced. Again, once again, that dingo fencing comes into play. So mm. you can do what we did. We actually took our Weber. And we carried everything into the picnic area and we cooked up a seafood sagunaki. saganaki. Thank you very much, Sally Jennings from Creek to Coast, for sharing that recipe with us when we filmed with you guys a few months back. We gave it a crack there at Lake McKenzie we did and it right. was awesome.
0: Yeah. So good when you're actually in that sort of environment mm-hmm. and cooking up something on the Weber that is so easy, no mess.
1: Yep. Oh, and the huge lace monitor that just like cruised on by as we were cooking up on the Weber. I mean, it truly is an amazing place.
0: And they've done really well from a Parks and Wildlife and Ranger uh, installation and the protection of you and the wildlife that you can still be so, as you said, immersed in the environment and not be worried about the safety of your kids Mm -hmm. or yourself or your belongings because the dingo's uh, behind a dingo-proof fence. Yep. Love it.
1: Really fantastic. A really family-friendly place. A place, in fact, that we visited multiple times across the week because mm-hmm. we fell in love with it so much. And it changed too. I mean, we were there on a slightly overcast day and it was still as stunning, but the watercolour was almost a a greeny, jadey colour. Mm-hmm. And then we went the next day and we had the most beautiful bluebird, blue sky day. Wow. And holy dooly, it was just... <laughs> Mind-blowing.
0: Uh, I, look, I had the opportunity to go to Fraser Island as a 13-year-old with a couple of mates and my dad and my older brother. And those memories are some of the, you know, the richest, that the ones that imprinted on me the most as far as my love of being in the natural environment mm. that we have here in Oz. So, yeah, get yourself there.
1: Oh, amazing.
0: Okay, let's jump over. We're going to quickly insert Tony from 4x4 Treks Australia. I want to get mm-hmm. that right. Uh, a good point to make here if you go onto Tony's website, 4x4 Treks Australia. He does tag along to us, yes,
1: he's, and he's such a good guy.
0: They sell out though, so if you, yeah, if you're thinking about like you know doing that trip to the Simpson, or
1: mm, I know, well, we've been talking about that for quite a while, so we need to get onto that.
0: Getting up to the Cape, and you want, you know, not someone to hold your hand, but basically guide you and and help you and get all the permits and get everything sorted. Yep, he's your man. But here he is to share a very quick masterclass on sand driving
2: sand driving masterclass the four rules of sand driving first one is to drop your tire pressures we've done that makes a great big footprint helps you keep on top of the sand the second one is momentum so you want to you don't want to drive fast so you're bouncing all over the place and risk losing control but you want to keep um, fast enough that you keep on top of that sand so i in the in the big v8 i can be in four wheel drive high range and use my lower gears first and second gear the auto gearbox you should always be, be putting it in gear put it in a sport or manual mode tell it what gear to be in um and then the next one that goes along with with momentum is your steering you want to keep the steering as straight as possible the sand track go like this and your car will move from side to side you've got to resist the urge to turn because every time you turn the wheel there's more sand pushing against the side walls of the tyres there's more resistance and it slows you down and the fourth one and all these modern vehicles they have traction aids I'm still in high range, four-wheel drive. When I'm going to be driving up here, so my vehicle stability control and my traction control is on. They work against you in sand, so I'm going to turn those off. In the Toyota, you, there's a skiddy car button. Looks like a car with some skids behind it. Call it the skiddy car button. Kiwi accent sounds a bit funny, probably, but you push and hold the skiddy car button for about five seconds, and you'll get two lights. You get TRC and VSC, traction control and vehicle stability control off, because otherwise you're driving up a sandy slope, a low traction surface, your wheel starts to spin, the car thinks you've lost control, puts the brakes on and cuts the power to the motor. You think we're getting up a sandy hill with no power and the brakes on, no we're not. So there's your masterclass of four things, tyre pressure, steering, momentum and turn off your technology. Awesome. Alright, let's do it. How
0: good is that? Thank you Tony.
1: Didn't that instill so much confidence in us when we did that with him? And as you said, Paul, we're in Byfield National Park, just north of beautiful Yapoon there on the Capricorn Mm. Coast, and he took us up Big Sandy. I mean, we would never have attempted anything like that had we not done that day trip with Tony and got that priceless information from him. It's true. How, how much confidence did that oh. instil in us?
0: I would definitely do it now. Kate would drive it now.
1: But maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd get the GoPros like this- going. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that did, you know, not funny, but was funny when I was watching the footage back is that we killed a GoPro on Fraser Island.
1: Yeah, we didn't account for the diff, did no. we?
0: I sort of did, but. Yeah, in hindsight, I didn't have the camera quite in the right place. It looked really great, the footage. the You know, the Hilux drove over the camera right up to when it cracked Donk. it. Anyway. Yeah. Oops. You can check that out on our YouTube channel <laughs> as well. All right, this week's takeaway – when you slow down, you see more. And this came from our ranger uh, that took us on our night experience. Everyone was rushing and people were running late and we all, you know, everyone was a bit sort of like, right, right, let's go, you know, mm-hmm. and all the, all the city slickers that are over on Fraser Island. And she just almost <laughs> made us all take a breath, you know, without actually physically doing it. But her pace, the way she delivered it, she had some extra torches for the kids and some of the people there, And then she opened up this night life, this world that you would never have even known existed Mm -hmm. or was even there unless you had slowed down, breathed in and looked and had this guide. And it's free. Gee, it was good.
1: It was amazing. Do you know, we haven't even really touched on the wildlife of Fraser Island, but there is wildlife Mm. there that is unique to the island. That we didn't even know existed. There is mind-blowing wildlife like scorpions that fluoresce.
0: Fluoresce. Have you ever heard the word fluoresce? I'd never heard this. This blew our mind. She she showed us these fluorescent scorpions Mm -hmm. that were literally 20 metres outside of the hotel in big wooden sort of old growth tree trunks, you know.
1: Yep. And the Fraser Island funnel web. Mm, don't
0: leave your shoes outside. There's a good tip.
1: Yes, and the eels. I mean, it was it was amazing, but the night tour was so good. And as you said, Paul, oh, the sugar gliders. Oh, my goodness, they were amazing. Mm. Had we not all slowed down, we would have missed so much. And it's, I mean, it's such a good mantra for life, isn't it? And we talk about it when we talk mm. about towing and speeds and, yeah. you know, being safe on the roads. But really stopping to slow down and... Be present in the moment. Here she goes. She's going all woo-woo again. But really, you you do see so much and you experience so much more.
0: Love it. All right. We are going to wrap it up there. Next week, Fraser Island past 2 is East Coast Champagne Pools, Dingoes and Shipwrecks. Amazing.
1: Awesome. (laughs) Yes. So much more good stuff. Before
0: we go, actually, I wanted to mention that we're also going to next week talk about a news item around safety on towing weights and Sergeant Brett Vinson, who we got to meet, but we'll talk about that next week. And we have had an overwhelming response to our Tasmanian Ultimate Touring Guide Bundle and we think it's because it being winter, everyone is booking their Tasmanian mm-hmm. journey, maybe for spring and, and yes. yeah and summer. So if you if you are out there and you're thinking about getting to Tassie, which if we're
1: if you're not thinking yeah, about it, you, you, should, you should be. be thinking, that's yes. exactly
0: what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> check that out at thefeelgoodfamily.com. dot com. Get your hands on that. It is over 160 pages of pure Tasmanian bliss. Mm-hmm. Eight different drive itineraries all jam-packed into one guide, I think for like 26 Something like that is yeah. incredible value. Uh, there are those uh, drive itineraries individual that you can purchase and there's uh, eight freebies as well. Mm. So if, if you're budget conscious and you, you don't want to spend the money, then we've got free versions as well. They're quick reference guides as well that you can download for free. So whatever suits you guys Get yes, on and, and check that to out. Thank you,
1: everybody who uh who has purchased a Amazing. copy of that. We we really are overwhelmed yeah. with um all of the love from you all. So thank you very much.
0: All right, I think that is us for this week. For now, we will say dream big, look after yourself, look after your family. And happy trails. Feel the journey. Feel